Genesis 18, um, God said something. Um, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I want to do? Seeing that Abraham shall become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I know him, he will command his children and his household after him. This is Genesis 22 from verse 18. From verse 18. Um, that they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. Amen? So God has things that he wants to do, and he releases them to us by prophetic words, by prophecies. Amen? But then there's what something that God highlighted here. God saw something. He said, huh. So let's go to Genesis chapter 18, okay? And let's start from verse 18. <laughs> Maybe I said it wrong, okay? God said, I know him that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord. This is Genesis 18 from verse 18. There we go. He may command his children and his household after him that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. Amen. Because God has intentions and plans, he reveals the ways of the Lord so that as we keep them, that which he has in his heart can find expression. Amen. Now, God commends this. God knows people that would actually keep his ways. God knows people that are going to actually, you know, aim for his judgments. Amen. And what happens is that the Lord intentionally sets these people up. Amen. So that he can pour out that which he wants. I would say those he foreknew, he, that's in Romans chapter 8. Those he foreknew, he, he for everything. Amen. <laughs> I forgot to have the verse goes. Predestined. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we conform to the image of his son. I just can't remember the exact sequence. But no, he foreknew, he foreknew us. And all things are good, amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. God has wonderful things for us, amen. <laughs> I forgot to the rest of the narrative. Amen. Don't mind me. <laughs> the verse came to my head. That's the reason why. Those who foreknew, he justified. Those who justified, he glorified. Those he, he predestined, yes. Justified, justified, he glorified. There we go. <laughs> go come on. The scripture will just fly from your head. <laughs> it's okay. I'll do my homework next time. <laughs> that means they won't fly, fly away again. Hallelujah. Amen. And so um, with this wisdom that there are some things, okay, there's something called the way of the Lord. Amen. There's something that God is referred to here as the way of the Lord. This thing called the way of the Lord allows the Lord to do that which he wants to do. Amen. Bible calls it the way of peace. Amen. It's a place. Uh, when I say place, it's not a place you go to. Amen. It's a way of life, a culture, right? A, a, a way to live your life. If you find yourself doing this thing, you're going to find the things that God has set you up for flowing. Amen. Happening, manifesting, being revealed, manifest, being tangible. Amen. I'm going to read a um, verse of scripture. I think it's in Genesis chapter 6. Let's start from, let's start from verse five. Well, let's start from verse one. I'll just read this. We use this to pray. 
came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth. Daughters were born to them. The sons of God saw daughters of men. They were fair. And they took wives of themselves, all whom they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh. Yet his day shall be 120 years. So you can see here that the spirits of God, wonderful. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Did all right? The spirit of God, amen, was actually striving. All right, when the Bible says the spirit of God was striving with humanity, it means that humanity was trying to rebel against God, amen? But um, the spirit of God was, for lack of better words, um, restraining man, amen? There's a verse in um, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 that says, he that restrains will restrain until he is taken out of the way. Who remembers that verse of scripture? You can go there real quick. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, that's right. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, speaking about the Antichrist, we're going to come back to Genesis chapter 6. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, let's start from verse um, 7. Well, let's start from verse 3. 2 Thessalonians 2 from verse 3. When you read these scriptures, you see why I would say things like the mark of um, the beast was the mark of Cain, or the mark of Cain was the mark of the beast. And while we make reference to the fact that these things we see in the book of Revelation are a consummation or fulfillment of things that were shown in the Old Testament. Yes. Hallelujah. It says here, let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the fallen away comes first. And the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Amen? So there's, there's a lot of corruption that's taking place here, right? Hallelujah. Do you not remember that when I was with you, I told you these things? Okay, so this is, Paul is just referencing a teaching here. He went into more, you know, um, a lot more when he was there with them. Now you know what is restraining that he may be revealed in his own time. So he's saying here that someone or something is restraining this individual. Amen. Next page. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he, that is the Holy Spirit, who now restrains will continue to do so until he is taken out of the way. How is the Holy Spirit taken out of the way? By something called the unpardonable sin. Amen. Blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. It's seen in Hebrews chapter 6, Hebrews chapter 10. Jesus Christ spoke about it. He said, if you blaspheme the Father, you'll be forgiven. You blaspheme the Son, you'll be forgiven. But if you blaspheme the Spirit of God, you will not be forgiven in this age or in the age to come. And this is making reference to the man of sin. Amen? Now, the man of sin, don't think about him as one person with seven horns on his head. Amen? Hallelujah. You know, when we have all these movies that show us these things, we might not realize, amen, that some of the things that we're doing now, are paving the way for this individual to manifest. Amen? Hallelujah. Then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. I love that verse, too, because it shows us that Jesus Christ has the power to subdue even this enemy of, of righteousness. Amen? And when I say he has the power to subdue him, I mean even if you find traits of this individual in your heart and in your soul, if you are able to find the mercy in the place of repentance, the Lord can obliterate him by his appearance. Amen? This is why the New Testament is all about this thing, the appearance of Christ. Paul said God has a crown of righteousness for all those that love the appearance of Jesus. But the reason why I came here is because the spirit is striving 
with this individual as well as the mystery of lawlessness that is also striving. So the mystery of lawlessness is, is already at work in the heart of the Antichrist, amen? But the Spirit of God is, for lack of better words, restraining his, his, his um, pursuit of wickedness, his descent into darkness, amen? Now, he's going to keep on restraining, holding him back. There's going to be thresholds he cannot cross until he does something called blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, amen? Once that offense is done, that is when someone receives what is called the mark of the beast. Amen? When you receive the mark of the beast on your forehead, it means you have committed this sin. You, um, the first person to do this in its, in its fullness is this individual here. But then he is going to teach people. That was says that the false prophets will cause all men. Amen? Rich and famous, young and old slave and master, to receive this mark. In other words, he's going to teach people how to um, blaspheme against the Holy Spirit. In fact, all throughout the book of Revelation, you keep on seeing he will blaspheme against those who dwell in heaven, right? That's a, that's a, 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 a recurring theme in the book of Revelations. I'm bringing all this out because of what is, what is said here when the Bible says, he who restrains, amen? So the Spirit of God is restrained. So let's go back to Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6. Hallelujah. So the spirit of God is restraining. That is why verse 3 comes up. The Lord said, my spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh. Amen. Now God is saying something here, okay. He is actually saying here that there is a level or a degree, all right, of profanity that the spirits of God will allow humanity to go the way it wants to go. Does that make sense? This is, um, you see this in um, Romans chapter 1. When God said, Bible said that God gave them up to their reprobate minds to do that which is on calmly. Amen. Yet his day shall be 120 years. Now, this is a prophetic clock that ticked from this point in time. Amen. This is not about the age of humanity moving forward because if you keep on reading your Bible, you see that many people live longer than 120 years, right? Hallelujah. This was about when this blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, when humanity climaxed here. From that point, a 120-year timer began to tick downwards. Amen. And afterwards, you would see there were giants on the land, on the earth in those days. And also afterwards, when the suns keep on going. Hallelujah. Next page, please. Thank you. When the sons of God came to the daughters of man and they bore to them, those were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. And the law saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Are you seeing the, the reason for that warfare, that striving with humanity? Amen. What was happening? The spirit of God was striving with humanity. Amen. Why? Because every intention was evil. Okay. And the Lord was very sorry that he had made man on the earth and he was grieved in his heart. So this actually touched the heart of God. Hallelujah. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face. Next page. Of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. Amen. You see these prophetic um, parables that are listed here. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just or a righteous man 
perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. And Noah begot three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God. And the earth was filled with violence. Like Pastor Dalton was preaching. Amen. My papa said this before as well too. The gross darkness on the earth is because of... Sorry. The darkness on the earth is because of the gross darkness in the hearts of humans, right? So when the Bible is saying the earth also was corrupt before God and the earth was filled with violence, this was because of humanity. Amen? So God looked upon the... Next page. God looked upon the earth and indeed it was corrupt. For all flesh had what? Corrupted their way on the earth. The actual rendition is corrupted the way of the Lord on the earth. Amen? So what does this mean? God was not able to do what he wanted to do on the earth. That's why that phrase, I am sorry that I have made the earth. God can't be sorry made the, he made humanity, right? That's his child, right? But what's happening, he's not able to accomplish what he wanted to accomplish through the rest of them. And so what did they experience? Judgment. Does that make sense? Hallelujah. But this is not our portion, right? We're not of those that draw back onto perdition, but we are of those who believe onto the salvation of our souls. Amen. The state referred to salvation of your soul in the in um, Hebrews chapter 10, amen, is the estate, amen, that we want to find ourselves in where God is able to, is able to find um, unlimited and unstrained um, um, expression in and through us, amen. This is, this is what we as believers look at when we fellowship with God. This is actually the, this is the, um, this is the platform, amen that we, or the foundation of our interaction with God, amen? It is understanding that God's intent, amen, if it is fully expressed, is actually mind-blowing. But the Bible says, um, to him that's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think, amen? So whenever we're interacting with God, we set these, well, I say pillars or precepts or parameters before us, understanding that God's best has not been revealed in me yet. Does that make sense? I'm yet to see this. And what do I begin to do? I set this as a hope before me. The Bible says, Christ in me, the hope of glory, right? I behold this on this um, desire of God to, to blow up on the inside of me, to launch out inside of me, amen? And allow this to drive, to captivate, to inspire, amen? To motivate, amen? To instruct, hallelujah, to dictate the way of life, amen? That I'm meant to live, Abraham did this, and he structured his entire family, amen, his children, his entire household, for this purpose. So that what? So that that which God wants to do can be fulfilled on the earth. Does all this make sense? So I want us to catch vision, amen? This is how we're going to start off um, with prayer today, amen? Of the plans of God for us, amen? If you're, if you're bankrupt of, of um, any recent revelation, you can piggyback off of um, what we received as a community, um, during the conference, the visitations of, of um, Kenneth Hagen, the, these witnesses of Kenneth Hagen, John the Baptist, and um, Moses. Thank you. Amen. These impartations that we are meant to, to receive, to digest, to process, to make tangible. Amen. Um, um, you can use these. Amen. Cast vision and see what would it look like. Amen. If these operations were allowed full unlimited, unrestrained expression in and through me. What would my life look like? Amen? Hallelujah. 
uh, you know, you're envisioning, amen, um, 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 these impartations being digested, amen? Would I continue to look and behave like this? The answer is no, right? Hallelujah. So because of this now, I'm seeing the beauty, amen, of what God has in mind for me, amen? And I'm, I'm, I'm forecasting there. Now, what I'm going to begin to do now is I'm setting my gaze on this hope. The Bible says he that has this hope purifies himself even as he is pure, right? So we cast this vision in front of us and we begin to allow that um, vision of where we're going, amen? It's like you're being drawn somewhere. And what begins to happen? The path, amen? The wisdom of that destination, the wisdom of that climax, amen? We begin to receive the wisdom on how to live in this way. The way of peace, amen, is revealed. Hallelujah. And so, Heavenly Father, we say thank you. We are blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And everlasting Father, you have prescribed, Lord God. You have prescribed for us, everlasting Father, Lord Jesus. All of these blessings, Lord God, including these ones that have been highlighted even at this time. This present truth, Lord God, that is being ministered to us, Lord Jesus. Corporally as a community, Lord God, the impartation that we are meant to receive, digest, Lord God, and steward everlasting Father of these witnesses, Lord God, uh, of Moses, Lord God, of John the Baptist, of, of Kenneth Hagin, everlasting Father. You want us to be functional, Lord God, in these capacities. For this reason, everlasting Father, you release, Lord God, of these ministering spirits, Lord God, to release upon us as a community, Lord God, the, 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 the spirit, Lord God, that rested in these men of God, everlasting Father. That that working of the spirits of God that, that was functioning alive on the inside of them, Lord God. You have released these workings into us, even at this season, even at this time, everlasting Father. We are saying thank you, Lord Jesus, for that, Lord God, which you're, you are installing on the inside of us. We say thank you, Lord Jesus, because you are also revealing to us the ways our lives are meant to go. There is a way everlasting, Father, that we ought to live, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord God, because you are revealing this way, Lord God, that we ought to live. You are revealing, Lord God, the new culture, the new patterns, Lord God. The new mannerisms, everlasting Father. The new the adjustments that have to be made, Lord Jesus. The, the things that we have to stop doing. The things that we need to begin to do, everlasting Father. You are setting us up, Lord God. Because, everlasting Father, there are things that you want to do for us. May be said of us the way it was said of Abraham. That I know him. That he will do whatever it takes to allow the will of God to find expression in his life. This is our portion, Lord Jesus. This is our portion, Heavenly Father. We are blessed, everlasting Father, with all spiritual blessings. And this includes the wisdom on how to receive them, Lord Jesus. We say thank you, Lord Jesus. We say thank you, Heavenly Father. Can we thank the Lord? Shanda da baroste pereketi yona marosa da da baradada randa barakusinda da baradada fa shanda da da ba embra baba kasambra baba karadada da ba erote barakate de 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 faroste de 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 bara eronda barakasanda da barido rodo de bousta eronda da barokosembre beke rodo bousta eronda baba kabra bakarada da rado while the rest of humanity is corrupting the way of the Lord on the earth. 
while the spirit of God is striving with the rest of humanity. Everlasting Father, your spirit will descend upon us, Lord God, peacefully and rest upon us and abide in us, Lord God. Why? Because your ways are found in our hearts, Lord God. Yes, everlasting Father, the, the thoughts and the intentions of our hearts are righteousness. They are peace and they are joy in the Holy Spirit. Everlasting Father, this will be the thoughts of our hearts. This will be the meditations, Lord God. This will be our palpitations, Lord Jesus, our musings, Lord God. In this season, Lord Jesus, our hearts will be filled with awe. In this season, Lord Jesus, we'll be making adjustments, Lord God. Not by power, not by mind, but by your spirit, everlasting Father. But by your spirit, Lord Jesus, we say thank you, Lord. Your ways, Lord Jesus. Your ways. The children of Israel, they knew you by your acts. But Moses discovered God as he kept the ways of God. May we be people that know you as we keep your ways, Lord Jesus. We will keep your ways, Lord God. We will keep your ways. We will discover your ways, Lord God. The ways of peace, hallelujah. The ways of joy, hallelujah. The ways of righteousness. The ways of the kingdom, Lord God. It will be your, 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 your desire, Lord Jesus, will find its home in us, Lord God. In our spirits, Lord God. In our souls and in our bodies. Thank you, everlasting Father, for that unity, Lord Jesus. That oneness, Lord God, that our will and your will will be married together, Lord Jesus. And there will be without restraint an explosion of your desire, an explosion of your will. Oh, we say thank you, Jesus. You are pouring your desire, Lord God. You are pouring your wishes, Lord God, that which you want to do. Our Lord is not a, a sympathetic God. No, our God is passionate. He says, my name is jealousy. My name is jealousy. My name is, I am not just a jealous God. My name is jealousy. That means that my name is passionate. When I love something, I cannot control myself. Our God is a jealous God. When he loved us, he died. He died. He could not help himself. He looked for how to die for us. He looked for people to allow him to come and die. Isn't our God incredible? 
He is looking for how to find access. He will test this man. He will use Abraham. He will use David. He will use this prophet. He will use that prophet. All so that he can show up and show us how much he loves us. In the hearts of God, when the fullness of times for a specific appearance comes, the spirits of God will begin to search. I need to create, I need to bring forth a landmark, a, a portion of Christ in this time, in this season. And for this reason, the spirits of God is looking for a host, a Nazarite boy. Called Samuel. And so the jealousy of the Lord demands that Hannah would have no other children until Samuel is brought forth. And as soon as this young man is brought forth, the agenda of God begins to flow. God began to search again. And he found David, a man after his heart, that would do his will and finish it. Oh, beloved, this is our God looking for how to die for us. Looking for how to go to hell for us. Looking for how to redeem us. Looking for how to save us. Looking for how to restore us. We say thank you, Jesus. When the spirits of God saw Elizabeth's husband that he was going to frustrate the plans of God in his mercy the Lord silenced him and says you will not speak until there is a fulfillment of that which all of creation has been travailing for. The manifestation of the son of God. I want us to see that right now the Spirit of God is doing something wonderful. God is looking for how to manifest in you. He poured out his love. He poured out his passion. He poured out his essence on the cross. And at this time, he wants to pour out himself in and through us. God wants to pour out himself in his fullness in and through us. And so the ways of the Lord must be revealed. Wow, I just realized this is John the Baptist. Prepare you the way of the Lord. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Not intentional. I'm telling you the truth. Not intentional. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And so the Lord right now, the spirits of God is heralding something critical. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Why? Because our God wants to shine. Our God wants to be seen. The Lord wants to be, to be adored in the midst of his people. In the midst of his saints.
Behold, I shall send my messenger before your face, which shall prepare your way before you. Wow. Come on. Lord, we receive the ministry of that messenger, Lord Jesus. That the ways of the Lord will be found in our hearts. There is a branding and installation, Lord God, that you have desired to do. Isn't our God wonderful? He desired to do this. And that he then what? He releases agencies, releases ministering spirits, releases operations of God to make sure that these ways of God are found in our hearts so that everything that he has already done in Christ Jesus can, can begin to radiate out of us. Hallelujah. Can flow out of us. They will be seen in us. Yes, prepare you the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be brought low and the crooked shall be made straight. The rough way shall be made smooth and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, all creation is travailing for the manifestation of the sons of God. Yes, all of creation, all of the universe. Yes, at the subatomic level, all the way to the cosmic level, through every dimension. Yes, they are all poised, amen, looking forward to the appearance of Christ in this season. Oh, hallelujah. For this reason, these ministering spirits were sent. These messengers were sent. That the way of the Lord would be found in our hearts. We say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Everlasting Father, we say thank you, Lord God. You're doing a work inside of us. This is your desire. This is your desire. You want to shine in us. You chose us. You chose me, Lord Jesus. You said I will look best in Francis. And you chose me to display you to the universe. To angels of God that have never seen you before, you chose me to reveal you to all of creation. The Bible, the scriptures call us the masterpiece of God. His workmanship. His craftsmanship. Hallelujah. God's masterpiece. That's us. We are his workmanship. Made in Christ Jesus. That's in the ages to come. He may show the riches of his grace and his kindness towards us. Oh, hallelujah. God wants to show us off. We are the ones. Look at the kindness of God. Can you see the mercy of God? Look at where your life was headed before. And then the Lord, when the kindness of our Savior appeared, not with our works, Oh, hallelujah. 
but because of his great love with which he loved us. When the kindness of God appeared, what is his desire now? To show us off. To show Christ in us. Bring him out. To show him off in us. So we are the ones that God has chosen. I want to show Jesus off through you. No, the angels of God, they are going to see God through you. Look at what the case would have been otherwise. What else would have been seen in us? The glories of this world, the vanities of this present age. But look at what God is giving us in exchange. The likeness of God, the image of God. We say thank you, Jesus. I'll just read Titus 3 from verse 4. After the kindness and love of God our Savior towards man appeared, not by the works of our righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that us being justified by his grace will be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We are heirs of God and join heirs of Christ. Hallelujah. Can we put out our hands like this and say, Heavenly Father, we receive wisdom. We receive understanding. We receive counsel. We receive might. We receive knowledge. We receive the fear of the Lord. May the Spirit of the Lord rest upon us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Michael. Hallelujah. Okay, so um, I saw something else. I saw that um, those people that had kind of like how I explained that the mark of the beast um, is when the way of the Lord is corrupted. Amen. When someone corrupts the ways of the Lord, the full corruption of the ways of God is seen when someone blasphemes against the Holy Spirit. When someone does despite to the spirits of grace. Amen. The fruit or consequence of that is a mark that sits on your forehead and on your right hand. Amen. The anti-Shabbat. Hallelujah. This shows us that when we keep the laws in Deuteronomy chapter 6, right? of loving the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, all your strength. Amen. What all of that is meant to do, but because the Bible says that when you keep these laws, it will be a token on your forehead and on your right hand. Amen. amen. The fruit of obedience to these instructions, amen, amen, is that you would receive the ways of the Lord. Amen. You'll be able to, you'll find the ways of the Lord pleasing in you. Amen. And the fruits of that, like what God wants to do in us, amen, he's going to have freedom to do them. Amen. Someone says freedom. Hallelujah. Is God bound? <laughs> Hallelujah. The truth is that what God is after, amen, in all of us, amen, is a partnership, amen, where we, along with the Lord, amen, we, we have, God wants us to participate, amen, in our experience of redemption, amen. Our redemption was completely done by Jesus, amen. It was all completed in Christ, 
but the experience of it, God wants us to play a part. Amen? And um, that's a major thing I feel like um, meant to be shared today. Amen? I'm going to read it first, so two scriptures. I'll kick this off, but I'll let Michael finish before I get there. But basically, um, your Christian walk, amen, um, because you have Jesus Christ successfully um, received the very Spirit of God and was able to download this into us, by virtue of that reality alone, amen, the work has been completed. Amen? Now, the cool thing about all of this is that the work was not just completed and Jesus Christ had left and went away. Prior to the work being completed, there was the witness of the prophets in the scriptures. Amen? Explaining how the spirit that is inside of us functions. Amen? Basically, a transcript of his operations. Amen? The way the spirit works. Amen? The do's, the don'ts, the how, the why, the da da da, da Okay? Hallelujah. So the scriptures were left behind. Hallelujah. Along with um, ministry gifts, like the fivefold ministry. Amen. And the other um, blessings the Lord left us with. Amen. My point is in all these things is that God made sure that there is no reason. You can see the intention of God that there should be no reason why we will not be able to bring forth Christ. Amen. And, and I, I like the attitude that the early church fathers um, received. Amen. They had this heart posture of that the weapons of our warfare are effective. Amen. The scripture actually says they are mighty through God. Amen. I want us to see that these, you know, when we, uh, let me say something. Just knowing this doesn't mean that you're, when I say knowing this, those in your head, doesn't mean that you're going to be automatically thriving in every area of your life. Amen. There's still going to places you're going to have to wage warfare in. Amen. And I'm saying this because, hallelujah. What's we need to know that the weapons are effective so that when we see contradictions in our life, we, 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 are, we see that we have to be more intentional. Does that make sense? So, for example, now, let's say you get um, recently a lot of... Um, so, so sorry if you have a Samsung phone. A lot of Samsung phones have been exploding recently, and that's made a lot of news on the headlines. Amen? Now, let's say I'm using a, a techno phone and the phone explodes. Okay? Because on a Samsung phone, I should be surprised. Does that make sense? Why did I ever bring that up? I'm just wondering. That's my what tech news today, and that's that's number one headline in my head. Basically, if but if my phone is a phone like uh, let's say an iPhone now, or a Sony phone, and it explodes, I'll be wondering ah, why is this happening? This ought not to happen. Does that make sense? Because I know the things that should be happening with this brand, with this device. I'm surprised when something contrary happens. But if you've not been informed, you're just going to take whatever happens at face value, right? Let's say, for example, now, this fan now, as the thing just spinning, <laughs> the, 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 now, the, blade, no, the lid, first of all, that cage, the front part falls off as I'm preaching here. Unless an angelic operation of God, I'm going to be very concerned with what else is about to happen, right? <laughs> and let's say, even as we keep on going, a blade comes off and then flies somewhere. Now, let's say... It was a brand now. And let's say there's a very popular computer village, uh, <laughs> hallelujah, engineer, amen? Let's say his name is um, Dimeji, Dimeji Fans Limited, hallelujah. Let's say Dimeji Fans Limited, fans, amen? And the Dimeji Fans Limited, the day we turn it on, it starts, 
<laughs> Hallelujah. You'll be concerned. But let's say the fan is Ox, right? Or one of these other brands. If it starts making noise, you take it straight back. Oga, this thing is making noise. Something is wrong. This cannot be an Ox fan. If it is, what is wrong? Oh, it's because of you're not doing it like this and like that. Who knows what I'm saying? The same thing with your Christian, your, your Christian walk. Amen? The same thing with the life-giving spirit on the inside of you. When you're not finding a, a release, amen, it's because there's some kind of misalignment somewhere. And in points here, when the alignment is found, that's what we're referring to as the ways of the Lord, right? Hallelujah. Where we're discovering how to use it properly. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Give me... Before I go there, let me keep on hammering on this. But give me the verses in, come on. It is in, I wrote this down. Aha. Uh -huh. Give me Judges chapter 3. Let's put it on the screen. Hallelujah. A lot of your Christian walk, amen, is going to look like this. Where you are taking the fan back to God and telling him, why is this thing not acting like this? I remember when Jesus Christ gave his disciples authority to cast out demons. Amen. They went and they came back and told him, wow, we have cast out demons, right? In fact, the demons were subject to your name. I just imagine how it, they were like, oh my goodness, this thing works. So because they had their fame had gone around and they too were also casting out demons, someone came and brought his son, please, cast out the demon from this young boy. And the disciple, I'm sure they must have been like, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. What is the name of Jesus? The evil spirit just flying around. And everyone is wondering. So Jesus Christ came down. You know what Jesus Christ said to them? Maybe we should read that, okay? Mark, um, oh no, it's, not, uh, it's Mark. It's after transfiguration, but uh, let me see. There's three records of this. Two. Give me Matthew 17. I thought that was a person. Matthew 17. We'll get back to Judges in a second, okay? Let's start from verse um, 14. Yes, from verse 14, yes. When they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him, saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he's an epileptic, and he suffers severely. He often falls into the fire and often in the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Jesus asked and I said to them, Oh, what? Faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? Do you know who he was talking to? His disciples. You keep on seeing Jesus Christ tell disciples this. Where is your faith? Oh, you have little faith. He was almost smacking them. I said, this is irresponsible. That's what I'm saying. Amen? So be comforted. You're not the only disciple that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Someone will say, Jesus, this, why aren't you walking in love, Jesus? Why are you calling your... I mean, this looks like a diss right here. Faithless and perverse. Amen? What is... The actual word for perverse means wicked. Why is he saying these things? Okay? He saw the reason why. A lack of faith in the heart. And because righteousness is by faith, wickedness. Is everyone listening? Now, that's perversion. Now, let me explain like this, okay? In your Christian walk, I explained it yesterday during word for now, okay? There's regions of your life, amen, 
where you're going to find that God's word is exalted. Amen? And you find a lot of, you, the way of God is written there, if that makes sense. You're, you're, you already have, you already know those ways of God, if that makes sense. So your memories, they bear the record of the ways of God as far as that area is concerned. So see some people now, when it comes to healing, they know that God is there, if that makes sense. But then in the place of maybe something like um, humility, then it's the devil that's manifesting. It's not God at all. <laughs> it's everyone what I'm saying. Okay? There's still work that has to be done there. So what needs to be done, all right? Faith needs to be applied. Does that make sense? Now, it is not as if in the New Testament, the process by which all these things takes place needs to be understood. Amen? And so for this reason, I'm going to try and explain it the best way I can, Okay? A foundational, like a foundational understanding of how all these things take place is knowing that your spirit man, amen, is one with God, is joined with the Lord. The Bible says he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Effectively, what that means is that my spirit, amen, and God, there is no division between them. Amen. Now, our, when we say things like your spirit man is God, there is only one God. There's not multiple gods. For this reason, when we say that spirit man is God, we're saying that spirit man is joined to God. Even when we're saying the image of Christ, the image of Christ, coming to the image and likeness of Christ, it is a union thing. There is no being like God without union with God. Does that make sense? This is the lie of Satan to Adam and Eve. When he said you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. The lie there was that he was going to kill them. Okay? And killing them, take a knife and stab them. You can stab them, you can stab them, oh, you, as long as they're connected to God, they're fine. It is that separation from God that is critical. Does that make sense? So there is no separation from God. Let me say that, let me say that again, okay? Yes, when it comes, when it comes to um, looking like God, okay? We're speaking about union with God. Does that make sense? With this understanding, your spirit man and God, there is no division. I'm going to say that again. Your spirit man and God, there is what? No division. So right now, who is in your spirit? Who's your spirit man? Almighty God. Not baby God. Not teenage God. Not young adult God. <laughs> Amen. No, no. The one that created the universe. Just for reference, let's let's go to Colossians chapter one. Hallelujah. Let's start from verse. Um, 12. We're going to go all the way back here, okay? Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Now he's going on to explain the Son of his love. The Son of his love is Christ, amen? We know that, right? Christ is the image of the invisible God. Christ is the firstborn over all creation. By Christ, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and, next page, and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things consist. He is the head of the body of the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. Amen? Now, we've read all of these things, right? 
Hallelujah. Let's now jump a few verses down, okay? And look at verse 25. Jump down to verse 25. Of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Hallelujah. The mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints, to them God will to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, when he's saying Christ in you, he didn't say Christ in you um, as in... How do I phrase this now? Let me phrase it like this. When he said Christ in you, the person he was making reference to was the one he described in the few verses before. Thank you. Does that make sense? The person he pointed to before, the image of the invisible God, he, this verse is in the same chapter where he said what? He is the image of the invisible God, the first one of all creation. So he's saying that that person that you saw before is where? Inside of us. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, on this foundation, okay, we build from here, okay? Why am I saying this foundation we build from here? Because of what Paul says in Romans chapter 10 and in many other verses, okay? We won't get to that right now. But basically understanding this principle, okay, that your spirit man, amen, and God's spirit man are one and the same. Amen? They are connected to each other. Now, because of this, we can understand a principle, okay, that the well that God drinks from, amen, the influence... All right, that drives God. It's inside of us. That is serious. Amen. Hallelujah. This shows, shows me how powerful our decision-making process is because we get to decide whether almighty God manifests through us or something else. Amen. And I said before that, the battleground between Satan and, Satan's demons and God's angels, there's no, there's no battleground anywhere. The only place that they can fight and there will be actual contention is inside of our hearts. You know the reason why? Light will always overcome darkness. If I turn on a flashlight, you won't see that because it's a small light bulb, it's now fighting with the darkness. You now see the lights like this. Ah! Like you know Dragon Ball Z, when they beam clash, you see go forward and backwards. That's not how life is though. In real life, when you turn the lights on, the light is on. All right? But in the case of humanity, the human soul, Amen? Where persuasion is an element, right? Where spirits are actually persuading you. You are the battleground. You are the place that Satan has a, for lack of better words, even playing field because of your ignorance of who you are in Christ Jesus. Is everyone listening? Once that ignorance is taken away, then you find that there is no battlefield for Satan any longer. That's what you see in Revelation chapter 12, right? The Bible said there was no place found any longer for Satan. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. And this is supposed to be our testimony as believers. But again, that hindrance is that ignorance. Amen? Now, this ignorance manifests as, as veils in the soul, in the heart. Amen? Give me 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We'll look at them real quick. Hallelujah. And we'll see why I use the language of veils. Amen? 
2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 from verse 3. 2 Corinthians 10 from verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. For the pulling down of strongholds. Please, can you give me 2 Corinthians chapter 10 from verse 3? Or just go to the next page, whichever one is more, is more um, convenient. Can you give me, thank you. Okay. Pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Hallelujah. Now, what he's talking about here, amen, is the existence of these things I refer to as veils. Amen. These veils, again, they are the strong things he points to as strongholds. Amen. Arguments, they're high things. Doubt, unbelief, fear. Hallelujah. Arguments against God. Amen. What these things do, amen, they are actually the voices of Satan that we have taken to be our own voices. Amen. If I even check the book of um, Ephesians chapter 6, um, give me Ephesians chapter 6. You will see how Satan um, has distilled this voice into the hearts of people. Amen. Ephesians 6, well, he doesn't explicitly say how he does it there. Um, but in Ephesians chapter 6, you see it shown explicitly. The way Satan did it was by what is called the course of this world, Ephesians chapter 2. Um, but we're going to look at this here. Six from verse, let's start from verse um, 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Now, when you read this, you might think that, okay, the Bible is saying that we are wrestling against, amen, Prince of Persia and all these things or whatever. You know, I say Prince of Persia because that's the first one that comes to everyone's mind when think about Prince of Persia and powers, amen? And in a, in a sense, that is true. But we're not wrestling against them the way we think we're wrestling against them, amen? The way these entities present themselves in our hearts is by the wisdom, amen, the desires, amen? They are the, a good way of showing this, amen, is showing what happened in the book of Daniel chapter 10, Let's go to Daniel chapter 10. Amen. Daniel chapter 10 from verse 12. Okay. An angel appeared to Daniel and said to him, Daniel, do not be afraid. For from the very first day you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. So isn't that so cool? Angels hear the thoughts of your heart. So when you postured your heart to hear from God, I was sent. Amen. This is so cool. Amen. This lets me know that God sees the, amen, the motives of my heart. Remember what we said before? When we said that the way of the Lord was corrupted and every intent of the thoughts of man's heart, amen, was foul before God. Remember what we read before Genesis chapter 6. Amen. So the foulness of the intents of the heart were perceived by evil spirits, right? If angels of God, they hear 
good thoughts from your heart, right? The desire to understand the ways of God, amen? The desire to be closer to God. They perceive these things. And what do they do? They begin to draw near to you to bring forth that which you're requesting, right? Amen? But look at what happens here. He says something. Everyone say, but. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me. Isn't that interesting? So in, as a child of God, whenever you desire, amen, to interact with God in a specific way, all right, the princes of the kingdom of this world that we are wrestling against, they resist, amen, that con the, con the, the what should have been the automatic consequence of these desires. I want to live like God. When you set out something like, hey, calm down there, amen? What is that? The pr these princes, these principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. Now, we have to be very intentional about making sure that we understand that the way that we wrestle with these entities is not by wrestling with the beings themselves, but the wisdom of life that they have given us that we subconsciously have accepted as a way to live life. You don't have to go and sacrifice an external entity because the only way you can avenge disobedience according to the scriptures is when your own obedience has been fulfilled. These are people, they go and start waging warfare and casting down prisons of Persia and casting out things or whatever, and they end up getting injuring themselves. Why? They are breaking spiritual protocol. There are some evil spirits that have been given rights on the earth because of some human beings' actions. And unless you can bring the fullness of times for that season, if you fight against them, they will deal with you. That's a spiritual protocol. Someone says in Christ, all the, everything has come to an end. Do you believe what you are saying? Do you actually believe it? If you believe it, then show it. That's what I'm saying. It's not English. They know when you are, they can tell what's in your heart. That's what I'm saying. It's not good to go and make noise at the prayer in front of people. You know the way you can make noise in front of people and say, the time has come to come. You, know, you can make all that noise. When you finish making your noise, they, they, they won't even, they, you know, that's why I like the reality of spiritual things. They don't care what you are saying on the microphone. That's what I'm saying. What they care about is what your heart is saying. Do you see this angel? Did he say, from the time he picked up the mic, I was sent? <laughs> what the angel said. Or from the time you click go live, <laughs> from the time the meeting started, is from when? When you set your heart to in. That's what I'm saying. So what they are looking for is in the heart. Amen? When they see the ways of the Lord, oof, this guy wants to prosper. And what do they do? Resources are being sent, right? Then when agents of darkness perceive that, they say, Jesus, it's coming to an end. Oh, ha, I hope I left behind. I hope that guy still believes that thing that we told him. When he was in the ways of the when he was in the world. I hope he's still holding on to that way of wickedness. That corrupts, that perverse way. Is everyone listening? These are the things that when John the Baptist came, he said, What? We pray the way of the Lord. Let every valley be raised up. Let every mountain be brought down. Amen. Let every crooked path be made straight. Amen. These, don't think about in your mind when you hear these things, they're very visual, right? But they're parabolic in nature. Amen. Basically, when they're saying high things being brought down, it's like you're trying to look at God, but something is blocking you. <clears throat> Bring that thing down, right? Or you're trying to, um, 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 what should we call it, interact with God, but you're in a valley. You know? No, bring it up, okay? Or you're trying to look straight ahead and see where God is, but this road, that this place that you're in is what? It's crooked, amen? These are all ways of showing that the difficulties in interacting with God the way you ought to, Amen? When the ways the Lord are found in the heart, you find an organic flow, amen? Out from the, your spirit man, which is God, filtering into your soul, amen, where your soul is saturated, amen, with all of your faculties, 
being being made, uh, uh, um, for lack of a better word, being being triggered, being being sensitized. But yeah, the word is triggered. Yes, right. Yes, triggered. That's the word I'm looking for. Triggered. Amen. By the Spirit of God, so you find all of your faculties. Amen. I'm speaking about faculties as in your spiritual senses, your your will, your your reasoning, your imaginations, your emotions. Amen. Your your pleasure. I'm talking about your and all of these in the different degrees, whether it's in your conscious level, your subconscious level, or your unconscious level. Amen. I refer to the mind and the heart. The mind as the upper region we call your conscious level, and I refer to your um, heart as the subconscious and the unconscious. Amen. In these places, amen, this is where the ways of the Lord are meant to be found. Hallelujah. When the will of the Lord is found there, you're going to find an organic flow from your spirits, man, through all of these faculties and into the environment, into the world. The Bible says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this is a blessing that comes to him that believes. Amen? What does this tell me? Amen? That believing is the way I deal with these things. Amen? Believing what God has said. Wrestling with God's word. Give me back that verse in Judges chapter 10. This is why, um, I want to say Daniel says something. This is why Paul said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are effective. They are mighty through God for dealing with these things. Amen? What is the tool for dealing with these things? Faith. Faith deals with what? The ways that are perverse before God. The ways that are rebellious to God, faith deals with them. Is everyone listening? The wisdom of God, for this is one why I believe I, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm teaching prophetically right now. Amen? Well, offline, you have a question, write it down. Hallelujah. I feel like I'm, I'm, when I said to you prophetically, um, not because there's anything about me per se, but I think because of what the Lord has delivered, the things I'm saying, I'm not premeditating them, if that makes sense, amen? I'm finding myself lining up with these witnesses one by one. I feel like this is kind of taking that speaking now, amen? Hallelujah, or at least his witness, or an angel, hallelujah. The way we deal, amen, we are, you know, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe we should look at Hebrews chapter 5 first. Give me Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5. Uh, give me Hebrews chapter 6. Not Hebrews chapter 5. Give me Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. We'll just we'll ignore 5 for now. Hebrews chapter 6. Hallelujah. Or should we talk? Hallelujah. Amen. Maybe we'll leave this for next week. There's a reason why I said veils, and I wanted to get into that, but maybe we'll get into that next. We'll see what happens, okay? Leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection. Let us go on to maturity. That word perfection speaks of mastery, speaks of maturity. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, and of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgments. And this we will do if God permits. Hallelujah. Now, this right here, amen, is actually a trajectory. Amen. I've explained this before that this is actually this, from the very beginning of what is called repentance towards God, all the way to eternal judgment. They can all be treated as modules that can be dealt with individually as completely separate topics for teaching. Amen. Doctrinally. Amen. 
but I've also taught these before as a gradient, amen, of the invasion of God's word into the soul. Is everyone listening? These weapons of warfare, there is actually a skill with which they are to be used, amen, in repairing the ways of the Lord. Let me explain this, amen. When the heart believes, the Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 10, everyone say the heart believes unto righteousness. Let's just read it so it's not like it's me that's talking. Give me Romans chapter 10. Romans 10, let's start from verse 6. This is one of the best places in the entire Bible. Amen. The righteousness of faith speaks in this way. This is so important. Amen. Because all the people that came into the, way, the ways of the Lord, amen, the scripture, when they're in the heart, amen, that heart is righteous. Amen. Hallelujah. The righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ from the dead. So what he's saying here, the righteousness of faith, amen, brings forth the intensity of righteousness that will be present if Jesus was here present as well. Does that make sense? So when the righteousness of faith is present, as far as everything is concerned, Jesus is already here. So you don't have to say, Jesus, calm down because he's already here. You don't have to say, just come from the dead because he's already here. Does that make sense? But the righteousness of faith speaks like this. This is the wisdom of the righteousness of faith. Amen? The word of God is near you in your mouth and in your heart. Now, this is critical. I've explained this before. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when it's saying the word of God is near you in your mouth and in your heart, it's speaking about a heart that has been filled up with the word of God. Amen? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now, this is not something that happens passively. Because if you understand how the soul works, I've explained before that the heart is a combination of the subconscious and unconscious, okay? Reaching into the unconscious parts of a human being is not a trivial task. That is the truth. Amen? Because the way that these faculties are dealt with, amen, the way God designed them to be dealt with, you know, when a child is born into the world, I've explained before, what happens, amen, is that a mixture of, of things is happening simultaneously, okay? First of all, um, the child's physical body, that earth suit the child is in, has genes, okay? And in these genes are, for lack of better words, conditions, okay? that were successfully transferred from their ancestors. The mannerisms of their, of their ancestors, the likes and dislikes, all these things were communicated into their genes, okay? And they're passed on to their children. And when those atmospheres are present, they tend to replicate even soul, um, what would I say, like soul, ah, for lack of better words, it seems like you inherited things from your dad's soul. Does that make sense? You say things the way your dad says them. You walk the way your dad walks, Amen. You might even make jokes where your dad makes jokes. Someone do something, ah, you're acting like your dad. Even though he might even be dead. Who knows what I'm saying? You know why? The physical body has that record. All right? Now, what happens is that apart from that, the spirit of that individual also has a say in the matter. Amen? So if the spirit is alive, the spirit is speaking, all right, as well as the physical body. Now, what are they both speaking to? They are speaking to the soul. 
Hallelujah. Now, what happens is that when the soul is receiving information from the spirit and the body, the soul is being bombarded by information. Because at that point in time, this individual is green to what is happening to the person. The person is just mouth open, eyes open, ears open, nose open, completely naked. Things are just bombarding them at the same time. So air pressure, humidity, right? Temperature, amen? Sounds, lights. Uh, I don't know what other parameters, amen? These are just physical parameters. As well as spiritual parameters, right? They're all bombarding that individual. Now, over time of continuous bombardment, that's why baby cries when they're first born because they can't take the stress of all of that impact, right? They've just been overwhelmed. What is happening, right? Over time, because of the way the soul is designed and other faculties are designed as well, a wisdom on how to interpret life begins to develop. Amen? Because of constant bombardment, the soul begins to recognize patterns. Okay, 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 okay. That's noise. It's always there. It's not very important. It's always there no matter what is happening. But there's some other things that are important. I notice that when I, when I receive this one, I feel good. And so because of that, over time, this mind develops an intelligence in relating with their external environment. After a while, all of the different lights that you just keep on seeing, shapes begin to form over time. And the child is able to recognize and identify entities. After a while, the child can even recognize that he himself is a, is a part of this environment that he's in. That he's just a player among several other individuals that are there. Amen? After a while, okay, as all of this is happening, the soul is beginning to fill some things out. Some things do not need, they're not urgent, they're not expedient. They don't need to be interacted with right now. So for example, now the sound of this air conditioner, if you pay attention to you, I can hear it now. But all throughout, I doubt you were paying attention. I doubt you could even hear it, right? But it's been there since, right? There's many other things that you're dealing with. Your heartbeat, right? Whether you're hungry right now. All these things are taking place at the same time, okay? But your soul has an intelligence in how it filters out what is important and what is not, okay? Now, along with these, okay, as all these things are taking place, all right, a major thing is being developed called your consciousness, all right, that determines your self-consciousness or self-awareness all right? And that relationship between yourself and your environments, both physical and spiritual. <laughs> he's very aware of his physical environment. <laughs> That's why he's sleeping. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Now, as this, as this intelligence, amen, is deepening in the heart, all right, the soul begins to figure out that some things ought to always happen. These things, they begin to sink low, deep into the soul. This is how life always is. They sink low into the soul. I expect life like this. Those things, they now begin to instruct how everything else is interpreted. This is how layers of consciousness are developed. From here, you have your unconsciousness. Here, you have your subconsciousness. And then you have your regular consciousness, the upper, upper regions. Amen? From the ages zero through eight, your, your entire unconscious self is very, very vulnerable. The deepest level of vulnerability is actually from the ages one through two. But it's, um, it's still open until you hit about eight. There's another window in your teenagers where it opens up again between 13 and 15. But after that, it's closed up. From, apart from those windows of time when your consciousness is open up, there is almost no other window of time that can affect your subconsciousness and your unconsciousness. Is everyone listening? The only ways that you can tamper 
with these faculties is when you go through something that is very traumatic or you repeat something over and over and over again that is contradicting something that is inside of that place. Does that make sense? Basically, you have to introduce to the soul something contrary to what is in the subconscious, but make, it, make that introduction strong enough that the soul cannot filter it out. Because the wisdom by which the soul experiences life is based on what is in the subconscious. So if you introduce something that's contrary, it's looking for how to reason it away. Unless that thing is loud and obnoxious and offensive, then the soul is going to have to confront that thing head on and then that thing is not going to say to itself or whatever, either this thing is right or this one is right. In that place, okay, of that contention, that decision-making place, that value of decision, that is where your subconscious is now exposed again for a replacement. Who knows what I'm saying? Amen? All of this work is to get here. Now, I'm saying all of this work because it is hard for a lazy person to accomplish this thing. Who knows what I'm saying? Because if you think about what needs to happen, you have to be traumatized. When I say trauma, this is why when someone gets raped or something, or something, I'm, I'm using raped as a, as, a, as a picture of something that's traumatic because when someone gets raped, it affects them in so many ways, right? When someone gets robbed, it can have you shivering. When you, let's say you did something and you got robbed. Every time you see someone, someone, any pattern that resembles that thing, the fear of that thing coming again hits you, right? It's not, you can't even control it. It's your subconscious, right? All right? God's desire is that that is what is going to be happening to you. But this time as instructed by the Spirit of God because of God's word in the subconscious. Who understands what I'm saying? So now the way you interpret your life is because of the laws of God. Who understands what I'm saying? The way you now filter, the way your, your life's experiences are dictated to you is now subject to God's word. This is critical. Is everyone listening? This is the reason why it is called righteousness by faith. Because the way, what we call righteousness means the ability to judge correctly, to discern. Righteousness means the, what's called the breastplate of righteousness that the high priest wears. Hallelujah. Papa has commissioned another um, high priest painting. but well, I don't have it here. Amen. But what is considered the breastplate of righteousness is also called the breastplate of judgment. Amen. Which means that the breastplate of righteousness is a place for making decisions. Amen. Thank you. This thing called the breastplate of righteousness is, is an adornment over the breast, um, the chest of the high priest. And it speaks about a someone subconscious that has been heavily adorned by the spirit of God to make correct decisions. Amen. For you to be able to judge correctly, all of these things have to be installed on an individual. The person that can make right judgments is called righteous. The ways of God are not perverse. The, yes, we, the, the ways of God have not been perverted on the inside of him. The ways of God can be clearly seen. Amen? The fruit of this is that that individual can judge righteously. He won't judge wickedly. Does all this make sense? Hallelujah. This is why it's called the righteousness of faith. Because now, <clears throat> when your subconscious is now interpreting everything with the laws of God, then you will now see things through the filter of God's word. Does all this make sense? So now anything contrary, you slap it away subconsciously. It's a part of you. You and God's word, you're seen eye to eye. Amen? Okay, you can go back to the scripture, Romans chapter 10. 
Hallelujah. This is called righteousness by faith. Now, if we go back to Hebrews chapter 6, amen, Hebrews chapter 6, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, amen, when the subconscious has been fully persuaded of that thing, amen, then what happens? You begin to swear an oath towards God. Your mouth begins to speak, amen? Ah, give me Hebrews 6 from verse 1, please. <laughs> Let's not look at the... <laughs> the um, unresponsive to God's the decrees against those unresponsive to God. Okay. <clears throat> Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God, of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. Can we see that there? Righteousness by faith. Judgment by faith. Can we see that? So what is called the elementary principles of Christ? Isn't it so cool? The early church, they called this thing elementary. Can you imagine? Eternal judgment is elementary. You don't understand what I'm saying here. It was considered as something that everyone should go through. When you become a child of God, what happens is they take you into indoctrination. They get you indoctrinated. You must go through this so that you, you know how to deal with your subconscious. Isn't that interesting? That's if, if we're getting these witnesses, amen? Because the prophet, if you, um, I was speaking to, I think it was, I can't remember who it was I was speaking to, but he was telling me about old writings um, of, of Jewish sages that they had skills they would use to, um, whatchamacallit, to, in reading the scriptures, Amen? Now, what's, what is referred to as the apostles' doctrine in the book of Acts, amen, was taught by Jesus Christ himself to his apostles, amen? It was a doctrine that they taught to every new believer, amen? I personally believe that God wants a recovery of this thing to happen in this time, where we, amen, will discover how, amen, to efficiently drive God's word into our hearts, there is a skill, there's an art form. And I'm, I'm going to explain the reason why I'm saying, I'm saying all these things, amen? Because where the church is going is where she, we first of all have to go to where we were before, before we can go to where we've not, we've not yet been. Who knows what I'm saying? And where I say where we've not been, place that we've not yet experienced, amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Does everyone understand what I've read so far? The purpose of, I, I, I'm using this verse to show us the gradient from repentance to judgments. This entire spectrum is responding to God's word just at different intensities. Does that make sense? The first response is repentance. Then faith. Then what next? Baptisms, right? There's a flow from faith comes teachings over that thing, right? Doctrine, the way of life, right? Of that thing. Then from those baptisms comes what? Laid on of hands. The hand of the Lord is called the Spirit of God. Amen? What happens at the wisdom of God, the intelligence of God, dawns on the soul to begin to replace the intelligence of this age. Amen? Now, as all of this happens, just like how it was mentioned as baptisms, amen, and laying on of hands, all right, the individual that is submerged in this has to die to this age. Now, what happens when you die to this age is that you are now revived in the age to come. Hence why it says resurrection of the dead and of what? Eternal judgments. 
Hallelujah. If you keep on reading, you see Paul explain, verse 4, <clears throat> those who were once enlightened, well, it is impossible for those who were once enlightened, have tasted the heavenly gift and, next page, the good word of God, become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God, have tasted the good word of God. Everyone say, have tasted the good word of God. So it was understood how to taste God's word. Amen? This is what is coming now. We are learning the skills. Amen? We are going to be learning the art of, for lack of better words, amen, tasting the scriptures. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Your word is sweeter than honeycomb, right? All these verses of Psalms, Psalms 19. We are going to learn this, 119, sorry. We're going to learn the skills, amen, that our ancestors, amen, had in receiving the scriptures. And the fruits of this is that you're going to see, let me, let me, I'm going to get to that right now, but hallelujah. Tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come. Hallelujah. Can everyone see that? This is when you die to this present age and you awaken in the incoming age. Hallelujah. The things of this age can no longer be found in you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, why did I bring us here? I'm actually asking myself that question. Yes, because I was explaining. I almost lost track of my, where I was going here. Amen. Hallelujah. Because I was explaining, amen, <clears throat> that faith is a tool for dealing with the perverse nature of the heart. The corrupted ways of God are corrected by faith. Now, that spectrum of faith is taught in Hebrews chapter 6 as the elementary principles of Christ. Who understands what I'm saying here? So it is foundational that we are, even John the Baptist said it, right? Repent for the <laughs> kingdom of God has come, right? So the first, the introduction that John the Baptist brought was what? Repent. That is that spectrum of faith that starts with repentance from dead works, and climaxes with the eternal judgments of God. Is everyone listening? Now, for us as believers, what happens as a consequence of this, amen, is that there is going to be a natural, when I say organic, what I mean is organic as in, you know, when you see a dog, a dog is not trying to do anything. He's not trying to impress you that he's a dog. He's just living out his life. That's not what I'm saying. Like he's not trying, when a dog, a dog can be running now. He will just stop. Let me look a quick funny story, okay? Um, this girl, Andrew, brought her dog. She just bought a dog. She hadn't trained the dog yet to our house, okay? And the dog just came. And I saw the dog. When the dog saw the dog, it was scared. Now, unfortunately for this dog, when this dog is scared, it, it starts wee-wee, wee-wee, it's wee-wee. So the dog saw me, it's wee-weed. Now, unfortunately, that was not all he had to do. Because after wee-wee, I said, oh, you don't have to be scared. Everything is going to be fine. I didn't realize that it was also pressed. So while I was explaining to it how, how friendly I am, it spread its legs. <laughs> <And> it <got. laughs> Hallelujah. Now, the dog was not trying to do anything. It was just living out his life. Oh, I'm sorry. When I'm scared, this is what I do. And when I'm pressed, this is what I do. This is how I function. If you don't like me, I'm sorry. <laughs> so very quickly, we clean up that mess. And by the mercy of God, that dog is better trained. <laughs> Hallelujah. The dog is not trying to be anything, right? He's just living out his life. So you're going to see, amen, orga the organic expression of the life of God from inside of us. Is everyone listening? What does that mean? No longer would there be blockages in the heart, 
and in the mind. Why? Because the ways of God are found there. Is everyone listening? Because the ways of God are found there. Now, because the ways of God are found there, I think I'm supposed to mention someone. I'm supposed to invite someone to this class. As I'll send him a link later on. Hallelujah. Because the ways of God are found there. Remember the verse, that verse he read? Every high thing, every valley, every crooked way, and all earth shall see the salvation of the Lord, right? Hallelujah. What's going to happen is that that life force of God, your spirit man, amen? The spirit man, the spirit on the inside of you that was projecting to your soul when you from, hallelujah, next week before that, when someone is born, their, um, their spirit and their body are instructing the soul on the intelligence of discerning how to experience life. Amen? Your soul right now is doing the same thing to you. From the time you got born again, your spirit man has been bombarding your soul with the intelligence of God. The issue, amen? And when I say intelligence, I don't just mean that the intellect of God alone. The intellect of God, the emotions of God, the imaginations of God, amen? The musings of God, the mannerisms of God, amen? Hallelujah. The issue, though, is that thing we read in Daniel chapter 10, amen? That's what? The prince of Persia withstood the invasion of God into your soul. Someone says, they can withstand God? Yes. How? I explained before, lights and darkness, they cannot mix, right? Once light comes, that's the end of darkness. So how come you're saying God can be resisted? The only place that God can be resisted is on, the only battleground is our ignorance. Is everyone listening? That ignorance of God's word is this, that is where Satan goes to go and hide. Is everyone listening? That is the only place he can survive. I can assure you, once these hiding places are dealt with, there will be no Satan anywhere again. I can assure you. Is everyone listening? The Bible is very clear. <laughs> God, God knows this. You know what the Bible says? God said, as surely as I live, the knowledge of the glory of God will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. In other words, that's rats hiding. You know when you turn lights on? All the cockroaches go and hide. You know that Satan? <laughs> they cannot stand light. Because when light is there, their defeat is more tangible. Amen? Their condemnation is more it's much more difficult to deny. So when light is present, it is so hard for Satan to be around. Amen? He needs darkness. The Bible says he's bound to what? Chains of darkness. It's not like God came and bound him with chains. Aya, you'll forever stay there. No, no, no. If, if he's to continue existing, Amen? This is why the lake of fire is, is hell for, for Satan. You know why? <laughs> because the lake of fire, there is no darkness there. You know, they think, I've said before that the lake of fire, it will shock you that the lake of fire, according to the scriptures, is the presence of God. <laughs> Someone say, ha, wait. What are you saying? <laughs> Hallelujah. There are two ways to experience, amen, the future ages. One way, amen, is the way that the Bible recommends. <laughs> The other way is the way the Bible does not recommend. Hallelujah. If you go the way the Bible doesn't recommend, you are going to experience the same thing that everyone else is experiencing, which is God swallowing up all of creation and creation resembling God. The problem is that this righteousness of God, the Bible says God creates a new heaven and a new earth. Wherein dwells what? Righteousness. When this righteousness is revealed, give me Romans chapter 1 verse 16. Romans 1 16. 
Give me Romans 1, 17. Sorry, Romans 1 from verse 17. Romans 1 from verse 17. Okay. Romans chapter 1 from verse 17. 17. 17. Romans 1 from verse 17. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the what? The just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. Now, this is a verse that explains that the gospel, the good news, the light of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, as I was saying earlier on, okay? The gospel, the light of the glory of God in the face of Jesus, that means that resemblance of Jesus Christ, that glory of God, amen? It is the good news, amen? What does it do? It reveals the righteousness of God. Amen? To those who believe. <laughs> Amen? But to those who do not believe. In those who, excuse me, who have perversions in their hearts, it manifests as what? The wrath of God. Is everyone listening? So do you know what lake of fire is? The lake of fire, hallelujah, literally means, hallelujah, that the entire... <laughs> You're going to be experiencing, your entire experience of life moving forward is going to be God's wrath. Amen? And unfortunately, of, yes, unfortunately for that individual that experiencing the wrath of God, there's not going to be any more sin after this age. In fact, in the next age, what's going to be happening in the age, the first age, the next age, amen? The first thing that's going to be happening for that first age is bringing all of creation that is in rebellion. Amen? When I say in rebellion, I don't mean Satan and his enemies. No, no, no. I'm talking about entities like other human beings that are not in agreement with God into alignment with the measure of Christ that is meant to be revealed in this age. Does that make sense? So all of your brothers and sisters in Christ, amen, that did not um, surrender themselves to God and they died, all right? And I'm saying that because almost every, I believe that everyone that's going to be alive at the end of the ages, is going to be it's going to look exactly like Jesus. I doubt there's going to be anyone in the middle. I really doubt that. What you're going to have is those people who they give their lives to Christ towards the tail end of of um, the gospel. And I explain the reason why. Simply because, Hallelujah, the matter comes going to be on the earth by that time. You have entire nations being shepherded by God. Amen. The earth is going to look very very different. Amen. The Satan's only. Satan won't be in the air any longer. Amen. Who knows what I'm saying? Things are going to be very, very different. Amen. And we'll be leading this world um, from the ecclesia. Amen. The church, like our gatherings would be ways that decrees are released. That's already happening now. That's the truth. But it's going to be more tangible. When I say more tangible, let me give you a little snippet of something that's really important. Amen. In many end of the ages movies, it is taught that when the Antichrist appears, amen, that he's going to start persecuting Christians. In a very good sense, that is actually consistent with many things I see in Scripture, amen? But that's not the entire narrative, because I see in the Scripture that as soon as the Antichrist arrives, a decree comes out from the man-child company that says, if anyone receives the mark of the beast, you are going to suffer wrath. And along with that comes a decree that Babylon is fallen. And along with that is a decree that all of creation should fear God. Speaking to the sea, the waters, the trees. Is everyone listening? So I'm not seeing the picture of a church that's persecuted. I'm running, ah, God, 
Like, um, who's seen that picture of one guy was carrying, was doing Easter, doing Easter um, demonstration. Nobody carry, they're just like Jesus. They're not carrying the cross. So one guy was carrying the cross. And they were, you know, <laughs> where you're acting like Jesus, part of the demonstration that they will whip you. They gave you what? Hey! <laughs> the guy just ran away. That's not the church that you're going to be seeing. <laughs> Hallelujah. The kind of church you're going to be seeing, a church that as you're whipping them, how did Paul say it? Paul said, I take pleasure in what? In my weaknesses. We, we, we glory in tribulations. Paul saw tribulation as a way of what? Fine-tuning his faith. Checking to see the potency of his faith. Amen? That was was understood. Who knows what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Okay, so dialing things back down. I hope everyone understands what I've said so far. Amen? By lake of fire, the wrath of God, everything, okay? And let's dial things back, okay? Hallelujah. There has to be, or there has to be this understanding, amen? The church is not going to be where she was before, but we're marching on, amen, to this place of understanding this skillfulness, amen, in receiving God's word into our subconscious, into our unconscious, and manifesting the life of God. I've gone, okay, yeah, it's around the right test. I forgot. It's not like before. I could actually go until like 8 p.m. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hey, before I kill everyone. <laughs> you know, I've not preached to you because it's going to be a long time. All the weeks up. <laughs> sorry. Oh, sorry, everything. <laughs> everyone is like, wow, ages to come. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, I think I can. Actually, this is actually a good place for me to stop. Amen. Hallelujah. Can we thank the Lord? Can we thank the Lord that the wisdom, amen, he is bringing forth the wisdom, how to deal, how to deal with the perverse, perversions, how to deal with wickedness, no longer will wickedness thrive. No longer will ignorance thrive. No, no. God is dealing with these things. Thank you, Jesus. Even at this time, Heavenly Father, you are putting away, you are teaching us how to put away unfruitful works of darkness, Lord God. You are teaching us the skill. Beloved, we're coming to a time, amen, when there will be no reason why I should be struggling with any addiction again. That is what God is doing now in our hearts and in our minds. There is no reason why any of these lies of the enemy will be able to prosper in our hearts any longer. No, those, the, the end of those seasons is coming now. It's coming now. No longer will pride be something that we, we glory in. No longer would sickness be something we give excuses for. No, no, no. The wisdom of God, the power of God, the character of God, hallelujah, the life of God, all of these things will be on display. And it's now a question of mastery. How much mastery? How much have I given myself to these things? Heavenly Father, we say thank you. You're doing a beautiful work in us. Hallelujah. You want us to prosper in your ways, Lord Jesus. You want us to prosper in your ways. You're bringing us, Lord God, this wisdom, Lord God, these skills, everlasting Father. You can put the communion graphic on the screen. You're showing us how, Lord Jesus. 
to feast on you, everlasting Father. To feast on your life, Lord Jesus. Yes, as the ways of the Lord are being made manifest, we can enjoy, we can experience God's life without restraint. In Jesus' name, amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the communion, Lord God. We thank you for the body and the bloody, Lord Jesus. We thank you, everlasting Father, for your, body, for your body and your blood, Lord Jesus. Thank you because we have life by the blood. Thank you because your body, Lord God, is the bread of life. We eat, Lord God, and we are nourished. In Jesus' name, amen. You may come to the table of the Lord. Hallelujah. We're doing a six-hour stretch today. Hallelujah. So I want to encourage you, make yourself available. Um, get some rest beforehand. Set yourself up. Do some Bible study beforehand so that you can pray. Amen. We want to interact with God's word. Amen. Um, for an extended period of time. Hallelujah. We want to pray in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I wasn't really able to talk about priesthood today, but hopefully next week we will. But we want to experience what God wanted or wants us to experience. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I want to thank you so much for joining us. Hallelujah. Um, Jesus dreams, beloved. Bye-bye. Twelve. Black study? Twelve? Huh? Okay, let's start by twelve. Let's start by twelve. Because it's a long stretch. Black study, let's start by twelve. So twelve midnight. Hallelujah.